Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... It's so much more than just a profile picture. At Catholic Singles, our platform offers you many opportunities to get to know the person behind the picture. Sign up today at catholicsingles.com. Good News Ministries of GNM.org. It's the Catholic place for growing your faith. Good News Ministries will provide you with faith-building reflections, virtual retreats, prayer resources, and lots more. All of it is free. Visit gnm.org today. Welcome to Stories of the Unexpected. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. This is a special podcast series for the donor subscribers to my blog. In each one of the stories, I'll be telling about an incident that happened to me or a family member or a friend, which touches on the supernatural or the paranormal. Each one of these stories is true as it was related to me. I simply pass the story on as I received it. I would like to remind you of what the Catholic Church teaches about the paranormal and supernatural, that whenever we're confronted with a phenomenon which seems to be supernatural or paranormal, we're supposed to regard it with a mixture of belief and skepticism. In other words, we're called to use our intellect and always to appeal to the natural explanation first, to look for the natural explanation before we conclude that it's supernatural or miraculous in some way. However, we're not supposed to be so doubtful that we become cynical and we rule out the supernatural. This seems to me to be a common sense approach, that we are believing and yet not gullible. We are skeptical and yet not doubtful. So in each one of these stories, I'll be telling you what happened uh, as it was experienced, and I'll reflect on it a little bit regarding our Catholic faith, and I'll allow you to therefore think it through, to muse over it, and make of it what you will. The first story goes like this. It must have been the late 1950s, early 1960s. I was brought up in an evangelical home in Pennsylvania. I was the third of five children, and I must have been under the age of five, I suppose, when my parents were involved in a teenage club, a youth group, which they ran uh, on Friday nights. They would drive about 30 or 45 minutes from their home to run the youth group, and me and my older brother and sister would be there with the young people, uh, enjoying the youth group and enjoying uh, what was going on as my father would lead a Bible study after the, the youth activities. And then we would drive home, and my parents had a station wagon car, so they put the seats down in the back, and me and my brother and sister would be uh, put to sleep for the 30 or 45 minute drive home again. Well. This was in the rolling hills of Pennsylvania, and my parents relate the story like this. They said they were going down the road uh, late at night in the dark, and uh, it was a country lane with steep banks on either side and hedgerows with no place to turn, and there was only enough room for cars to go one way, and occasionally there would be passing places where one car could pull over to let the other car pass. Well, they went up to the brow of a hill And they could see out in the distance that coming down the lane towards them was another car, its headlights blazing and traveling at high speed. Furthermore, in a split second, they realized that they would be going down into the next little valley and the oncoming car wouldn't be able to see them. 
The speed the oncoming car was going was very great, and my parents said we knew instantly that there was no place to turn, there was no place to get out of the way, and that there would be a head-on crash. And sure enough, the other car came up over the brow of the opposite hill, and my parents saw the car heading straight for them, and my dad said, we could actually see the terrified face of the other driver as he came into the light of our headlights. And my mom said she just called out an instant prayer, something like, oh Lord, oh Lord help, something like that, just an instant prayer. And both of them said they braced themselves for the crash uh, and knew that they were probably, all of us would probably be killed because the, it would be a high-speed head-on collision. Um, way back in the days, of course, also, when before cars had airbags and all the safety features. And then what happened is where the story becomes peculiar. Dad said, we sort of blinked and then the next thing I knew, I was looking in the rearview mirror, and all I could see was the receding taillights of the other car continuing down the road. And he looked at my mom, and he sort of said, Do you, did you see what I just saw? And she said that she did. She said that they couldn't explain it. There was no place for the cars to pass each other. And the only explanation was that in some uh, unexplained way, the oncoming car passed through our car. The materials of the, the two cars were suddenly immaterial, and, and one car passed through the other, and we were spared. To this day, my mom, who's now in her 90s, still remembers the incident and tells the story in the same way. So what do we make of a story like this? Well, there's a couple of things we could think about. First of all, um, we can draw the natural religious conclusion that my mom's prayer, Lord help, and belief in guardian angels meant that the, a miracle happened, that God did hear that prayer, and one car passed through the other without any harm, and the usual physical laws of nature and the hardness of steel and rubber and tires um, were suddenly dematerialized and uh, God performed a miracle to spare our lives. Another explanation could be that my parents were delusional, that they thought they saw that happen, but in fact there was just enough room for the other car to squeeze by and they made a quick maneuver uh, and a miracle like that of course did not happen. Well, it'll be up to you to make up your mind and make up your decision. I know what I believe about it. I believe that God does answer prayer, even if they're quick, instantaneous prayers, and that God has a plan for all of our lives, and that He very often spares and deliver, delivers us through the ministry of our guardian angels. However, this does raise, a story like this does raise other questions which anybody who's thinking uh, ought to um, think through more carefully, and that is, if God spared us in a miraculous way because of an instant prayer in Pennsylvania in the late 1950s, why doesn't he do so for all the other tragedies that do happen? 
Surely when planes are crashing, people offer up prayers. Surely when other car crashes are about to take place, people had offered up prayers. Surely when uh, terrible tragedies of violence take place, there were people who were praying for deliverance. When there was war and other terrible accidents, people prayed for their guardian angels and prayed for deliverance. Why didn't God therefore deliver them? Well, there's a couple of answers to that. The first answer is, Maybe he does far more than we think. Uh, maybe guardian angels are, are holding uh, airplanes up in the air before they crash many more times than we imagine. Maybe far more car crashes are prevented by the, inter by the hand of God and the hand of uh, guardian angels intervening. Maybe many more violent actions and murders are, are prevented because of prayer and because of uh, God's work in the world but we don't know about them because they didn't happen. We don't know about the things that were prevented because of course the tragedies never took place. Uh, so that's one thing to put into the um, pile of, the, the pot of facts to, to think about. The other thing is to say that we do actually live in a fallen and a broken world. And uh, it's populated by fallen and broken people. Uh, people who enact uh, acts of violence, people who break the law, who go too fast, people who behave recklessly, people who uh, behave in a violent manner. And God's will and action in the world is not there primarily always to take us out of the troubles. The, the, the world's history shows that, that tragedies and terrible things do happen. And God's not always there to take us out of these things. God is there to take us through them and bring victory from the other side. The cross of Jesus Christ is a prime example of that, where the most terrible thing ever could have happened, that God's own son comes into the world and he's uh, mocked, he's, he's uh, excluded, he's humiliated, he's tortured, and finally he's killed in a bloody death. And God uses that very action to turn things around for the good. What we're faced here with what we're faced with here is a mystery of God's providence, a mystery of God's hand at work in the world, but not always in the way that we would do it if we were God. God's hand at work in the world in a much more mysterious way. Therefore, we have to add in as the final factor in reflecting on this particular story, why did God do a miracle in this instance, if that's what you believe about the story, and I do, um, then why did he do it in this particular instance and not in many others? Well, it could be that God had a particular plan which involved somebody in the world which is connected with our family and that those people needed to be spared for a particular reason because somewhere down the line in the whole expanse of God's work in human history, someone very important had to, to be brought into the world to be able to accomplish something in God's handiwork. And therefore, one particular action of a miracle or an intervention might have been done because there were far, far greater things that were going to be accomplished later on in the future by the preservation of those lives. Something which is very crucial to the world's salvation, very crucial to the whole working of the world. Therefore, we put ourselves into the Lord's hands. We, we look at these things which happen and we believe in prayer. We believe in guardian angels and we can conclude a couple of things. First of all, that the more prayer, the better. The more cooperation with God's will, the better. The more intercession of our guardian angels, the better. And 
when the miracle happens and when it doesn't happen, when an intervention happens and when it doesn't happen, it's God's business. And we put ourselves in His hands day by day and walk by faith and not by sight. I hope you've enjoyed this story. I'll be posting some others here on the Stories of the Unexpected channel on my blog. I hope that you'll share with others and let them know to help to spread the good news. Thank you for listening. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. I hope you've enjoyed listening to some of my podcasts here at Breadbox Media. But today I'm speaking to you about a different opportunity. In September 2020, I'll be leading a fantastic pilgrimage cruise from Rome to the Holy Land, and then on the way back, stopping at the cities of St. Paul, Ephesus, Athens, Corinth, and more. While we're at sea, I'll be lecturing on the Gospels, history or mystery. When we're on land, I'll invite you to join me as we visit all of the holy sites, celebrating Mass, worshiping together, and having a wonderful time of fellowship. If you'd like to know more about this pilgrimage cruise, go to my website, dwightlongenecker.com. Go to the right sidebar, and you'll see a picture there which invites you to get more information. Go to my website, dwightlongenecker.com, right sidebar, click on the picture of the cruise ship, and you'll get all the information you need. Alternatively, you can call the company that's organizing the tour at 800-247-0017. 800-247-0017. Ask for Farmalong and Ecker's Cruise to the Holy Land. Thanks for listening. Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com.